Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Carrie O'Brien, founder, CEO, and designer of Commando. Because New York Fashion Week and red carpets are typically big marketing moments for the brand, I wanted to ask Carrie how she's filling that void and what else she's been doing to drive sales during lockdowns. Carrie, thank you for joining. It's my pleasure. Oh my God, where are you today? I am in uh, Grand Isle, Vermont. We're based in Vermont. So the whole company commando is based in Vermont. See, a lot of people don't know that. Are you bouncing back on a normal a normal year? Would you be bouncing back and forth to New, to New York on a regular basis? Yes, absolutely. I would say I was in New York every other week at the, at the very least. Um, one of the things that I decided to do a long time ago when I started my own business is I wanted to do things the commando way and the way I wanted to live my life. I lived in New York City for years. And I started Commando and I'm like, I'm moving back to my home state of Vermont. I'm a fourth generation Vermonter. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know how to run a retail company or, 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 or fashion company. I'm going to start, I'm going to start it on my own intuition. And that was my intuition. Live your life on your own terms. And so that's why, that's why, um, all of our employees are, most of our employees are based in Burlington and it's actually benefited us quite a bit. Yes. So were you used to having everybody in-house? Has this whole work-from-home scenario kind of changed your your tune in terms of where people can work, should work, all of that? We've always had some remote employees. Um, so we were used to dealing with re- a remote workforce, but the fact that you have to all of a sudden make a decision that everybody has to go home and you have to rethink your warehouse in the way and rethink everything um, it was a learning moment, I would say, for everyone, but it made us faster, leaner, stronger. And in fact, I've never worked harder working remote. And I know my team feels the same way. Working from home is really intense, especially during when you're in a, such a such a change moment as we are right now. Yes. Are you going to be go, going back and forth to New York as much? Or have you, again, found that that's not necessary? Well, I don't think it's necessary because quite frankly, I don't think that, you know, those in-person meetings are something that people want right now. There's no mark, you know, we are about to have our market to show spring, um, to show our spring line and it's all going to be virtual. Um, there's no fashion shows, um, or there's no in-person fashion shows this fall. Uh, I always love going to events. There's no events. There's no, so I can still have those relationships and conversations but I could do it in my lake house in Vermont <laughs> instead of getting on a plane and going to New York City. <laughs> You've got a project going on today. Tell me about maybe a typical day. What's going on today? Well, right now we are doing a photo shoot in um, a, a, one of the photo places that we use in Vermont. Uh, we're using a local model because we can't bring in a New York City model because they would have to quarantine <laughs> but we found a lovely model here, a local model here, and she's actually shooting all of our spring pop product before we show it. This is very unusual because typically we would meet at a showroom, we'd have a live model, and we would meet with our buyers and we'd walk them through the line. Yeah. Um, this way we're shooting it um, and we are going to do a virtual you know, market appointment. And that is actually what everybody wants. And I think that you know it, it was hard because that means that we usually I'm designing up to the very last moment. Now my very last moment is kind of like kind of the photo shoot, but I I'm going to sneak it. I'm sure I'll still sneak in a couple pieces and probably do another photo shoot right before the end. But 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's changing. It's changing the way we do things. Um, but it's not necessarily bad. Yeah. So this will be, um, you anticipate, um, if you're doing a virtual event again, this will be on a seasonal basis. This is maybe something that's happening live as opposed to a video. Uh, and your brands will, will all come all come at once versus maybe individual appointments. Oh, no, it will definitely be individual. And we are working with the platform just to decide how we're going to be showing our assets to our buyers. I think that you know, for the first one, we're, we're going to do the best we can. Obviously, we're feeling really good about it. But I think this is, could be the way that we do trade shows in the future um, that we, you know, have. And we could have more one-on-one relationships. You know, Commando sells to almost a thousand boutiques. Those boutiques are not coming to trade shows anytime soon. They don't have the budget for it. And frankly, they don't have the desire to get on an airplane and come to New York City and stay in a hotel in this moment. I think they will eventually. So this is a way for us to have that personal touch. You know, Commando has always had, we, we, the the very fact that we are in Burlington, Vermont, or we're headquartered there means that we do things differently and we do things faster. You know, we manufacture in the United States as well, which is also very rare. And so, and we have our in-house sewing facility. So we can be very agile. We've always been agile. This is kind of where we've really shined in this crisis. Um, it's really been an advantage to us. Yes. You mentioned doing things in-house, the sewing facility. How has that been disrupted? Were you able to kind of maintain operations uh, in terms of production as usual in any capacity? Yes, we were. Um, What we did is, you know, we wanted to keep as many people employed as possible. And we have a great sewing um, workforce. And, you know, it takes a lot of expertise to sew our garments because they're very simple in construction, which means you have to have flawless quality in sewing. So what we did is we let our sewers work from home and we transitioned to manufacturing masks. And that was something that we did for our local community. We donated thousands and thousands to the United Way of Vermont of masks. And so it allowed us to keep these sewers going to help the community uh, and so when we're ready to go back, we didn't skip a beat. We just did not skip a beat. Yes. I know a lot of your materials, are they still sourced from Europe? Was that a, a challenge for you as well? Yeah. Uh, well, that challenge started before the U.S. challenge, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, most of our fabrics come from Italy. And the challenge was more for us is watching our factories go through this. And kind of, you know, we've been working with some of our factories for over a decade and watching them go through this crisis, you felt kind of helpless from a human standpoint. Um, and, you know, the communications open. One of the things that I noticed during this uh, pandemic is the lines of the, the need for effective communication and constant check in with your manufacturing partners and your customers is essential and your employees uh, more so than ever because you're not on autopilot anymore. All the rules have changed. I've always said that crisis brings metamorphosis. Um, and I have experience in this, you know, I don't know if you know this, Jill, but I quit my job after the day after September 11th, I was in New York city. I worked with one of the largest PR agencies and I was in hindsight burnt out and I needed to start a new chapter. So the COVID reminds me of this. I think it's essential that everybody rethink everything that they're doing. And we're going to find this across the board. We're going to find people relocating, changing careers, um, and it has allowed me to look to view Commando as really a startup and it's liberating. But guess what? We're a startup with 15 years experience. 
yep. with a loyal client and a strong brand. So we are more now leaner and stronger than ever before. And I'm, you know, even though it's been really challenging times, they've in a weird way, they've been very um, satisfying because you all of a sudden have to think in a different way and reimagine things. And some of these things had to change anyway, right? Yeah. So, and it, it really accelerated things that were already happened. For instance, our direct-to-consumer. We've always seen, we've seen tremendous growth in our direct-to-consumer. Over this crisis, our, it has been, and it's been crazy how much our customer will find us, whether yes. it's our own website or our customer's website. Yes. And it's been, it's been, you know, it's, it, it's been comforting for me. And I'm, it's, I'm very proud that, that she is, she is, she's loyal to our brand and she relies on it. And it's really for our comfort. I think she just loves our products. Yes. What's been the breakdown to date of uh, direct sales versus, I would say maybe uh, traditional retailers and specialty stores and where are your sales right now? My sales in terms of how much do we think it's online versus? Correct. Oh, gosh. I mean, I would say over this 90%, obviously, plus over the last few months has been online. And it, and I think it's good because it has unleashed our brand even more. And I'm going to yeah. tell you why. She, I, she's no longer shopping categories. She goes into Commando and sees the world of Commando. And she w- wants to shop our brand as a whole. For instance, People know us. Some people know us for underwear. Some people know us for our leggings. What has been some of our best-selling items is our butter collection. It's Modell, the jumpsuits. Like oh. she knows, and also, of course, our bralettes have been yes. incredible. But you know, it just kind of shows that you know, Commando doesn't fit into one box. Um, you know, our consumer engages us in different ways, and so now when she sees Commando as a brand, she's able to know more and more and more about her brand. Like yes. a perfect example of this is when we launched, gosh, it must have been six months ago, we did a pop-up shop in at Selfridges. And Selfridges in that pop-up shop didn't even feature any of our intimates. It was all our ready-to-wear pieces. It was our leggings and our and our and our um, lounge, our bodysuits. And yes. so the consumer is entering in your and the Selfridge consumer is entering us through our ready-to-wear pieces. So now we're able to introduce her to the entire line. Yes. When did ready to wear come into the mix? We have been doing leggings for years. And so, um, and these are our faux leather um, leggings and our patent leather, faux patent leather leggings are hero products for us. And she just wants more. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because of comfort. You know, people talk about comfort being a trend. Comfort is the future. We, I've been saying comfort has been key since I started my company over 15 years ago. And so she relies on our things because she feels confident, comfortable, and that's very uplifting to her. So this whole trust, we can carry along whatever category we have, as long as we have it's fabric first, we have the world's best fabrics and the fit is impeccable. You know, I wear test every single garment. I mean, and, and every size is worn test by real people. And that's a lot of hard work, especially since we've grown so much as a company. We, we have probably way too many styles, but we have a lot of them. And I used to say, oh, should we simplify the process? I can tell you one thing for sure. That's one thing we're not rethinking. Yeah. That has paid off so much over the last, even more so in the last three months, because our consumer trusts us because she yeah. knows she will love what she's wearing. So that's what we do. 
Yeah. Have you leaned into certain categories, maybe pulled back on some, uh, leaned into others? I saw on your site that you have uh, bike shorts. I don't know if that's new. That's, they're definitely having a moment, but is that something? Um, anyway, what's been selling? Uh, well, what's been cu- selling is our most, uh, well, bralettes are trending. Okay. Our lounge pieces are trending. E- even our leggings in the colder months did incredibly well. So I, I would say that those are the things that are really driving. She's looking for things that are comfortable um, and comfort is now comfort and quality. And also something else she, I believe she's looking for is transparency in a brand. Like yeah. she wants to believe more in a brand now than ever. And, you know, Commando, the whole fact that we manufacture in the United States, we import our fabrics from most of them from Europe. We are female owned. 89% of our employees are women, including our wearers, everything. So she wants to learn more. She wants to get more acquainted with the brands that she's buying. Yes. Are you wanting to pull out of wholesale partners? Are you wanting or do you still believe in that and the value of their their maybe physical footprint? Uh, What's happening there? Oh, I love selling to our uh, our stores. They have been great um, advocates for our brand. It's another touch point. I mean, it is, you know, if she sees it in multiple places, she gets more familiar with the brand and it's essential. I mean, it's also in a sense, in my, I view it as a sense of endorsement when you're carried by a department store or a boutique, a well-curated boutique. I think yeah. the boutiques have always been, well, I know they've always been a very important part of Commando. They're, they're, they're where we started. I think they're going to have a resurgence. If they can make it through these times, the women are going to want to go to their local shop and they're going to want to have a conversation with someone they know in a small setting, make it more of a social thing. She She's going to still shop online and she's never going back to, you know, she is going to go back to the stores, but I think it's going to be a different, it's going to be a different way she shops. Right now, the department stores, I would be happy to ship them to the department stores, but they, they don't want any more shipment. You know, they want to sell what they have and they want to, um, they can't move fast enough necessarily all the time. So we've been really busy of just, feeding her with new product. And I think that's been the most important thing for her. But we have no plans of withdrawing from our wholesale business. Yes. I wanted to ask who who your competitor is nowadays. Um, I would feel like maybe back in the day when you were more so known for intimates, and this was years ago, and maybe it was like the hanky pankies of the world. But obviously the intimate space, it's become more crowded. There's the skims of the world. Everybody's kind of doing, leaning more into comfort now. Who, who do you see as your competitor? You know, I don't view it that way. And that is just the truth. I, you know, Commando is, does not fit into a box. And that has been really a blessing for us because we have people buy back in the back, way back when, when people are like, we don't know really what to do with your brand, these buyers at department stores, because we have a huge legwear business and, and, and like, and that includes hosiery. Um, we do shapewear. We do intimates, we do ready to wear and lounge wear. And, you know, some people work out in our thing. So we don't like to be defined in any one category. And so therefore we, we really don't have a competitor because our, our product offering is so broad, but it's still also very commando because yeah. she loves wearing it and she feels confident in, in, in um, what she looks like and what she feels like when she's wearing it. And that is the overriding ethos of the commando brand. It's not by category. That's why I'm so excited about the online shopping, just accelerating. We knew it was going to go this way anyway, but this is just making it happen faster and faster. Yes. Talk about where your marketing dollars are going. Uh, mm-hmm. Has that changed? Or have you pulled back on marketing? Uh, 
I, you know, it, it is fluctuated. Um, during certain times, it wasn't appropriate to be overly, um, spend a lot of money on marketing. Yeah. You know, I would say we've never been one to do traditional, uh, we've never been one to do traditional advertising. Um, and we've never really, we've never paid for an influencer or fashion show or celebrity or stylist to use and wear our product ever. It's, it's really important to us as a brand that we have that authentic relationship. Yeah. Um, but we of course do spend money on Instagram and it's been interesting to see what things it's, it's, it's also a learning moment for, for marketing, right? Um, we haven't, um, necessarily pulled back. There's been times we have, but I think there's been opportunities where we could be even more aggressive. I've spent more time in R and D and design. I'm, I'm the head designer, but really we have become fast in website inclu- ex- exclusives because yeah. she wants more and she, she's shopping at, at our store. Yes. We were talking earlier that we're both kind of fashion show fans. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the change that's happening in New York Fashion Week now, we're, you know, fewer days. We don't know what's exactly happening. Um, how does it impact your brand? Because I know uh, we're all used to seeing on many of the shows, I guess, show notes, your your logo there as yes. the uh, official underwear, I guess, sponsor of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. How does that impact you? Um, I don't, it doesn't because I, look, one of the reasons we did this is years ago, the designers would come to me and say, I really want to wear commando because I want it to be invisible underneath the runway show. Great. I, you know, we would get, provide underwear for them. It was never a paid relationship. There's no paid sponsorship. We were there to help the designers imagine their creation. And, and, and over time, it wasn't about underwear. It was about we would actually dye pieces to match. Rodarte is a perfect example. We would create custom pieces because they understood more than anyone that you are dressing head to toe. And that includes your undergarments. And we'd even do custom hosiery for them. And we did that for many other brands. We will still do that for them. If they, they are still going to have some expression of their brand and their fashion, yeah. And we will be there. It just won't be, we all won't be sitting in a room together. And that's something that if people would be honest with you. That was something that had to be rethought anyway. The whole idea of fashion week and how expensive it is yeah. for these designers. And that's why we always did it because I'm part of the council of fashion designers of America. And I want to see the other designers succeed. And if I can play my part in that, um, I'm happy to do it. I mean, and so we will continue to be a resource for the fashion community during these important events. Definitely. Talk about the CFDA. They've been very vocal lately um, on uh, the need for change in the industry in terms of the calendar and the schedule, as well as diversity. And just um, do at you as a member, um, do you kind of, I don't know, find it, do you put maybe push them or is it like, do you feel that they they need to speak up? They need to lead this moment when everybody's a little bit confused and trying to figure it out. Uh, is that the role of, of the company? I think the role, I can't speak to what the role of the CFDA is. Um, I think that they are, they're creating a voice in the industry and I don't disagree. I don't have any problem with what they are saying out there. I think we can all agree is diversity is good and every industry should be speaking about diversity right now. And so I, I think that's great. I mean, I know they did a call to action to ask all designers to take masks. Because we were in the best position to do that, to help the country and the world. Um, I think these are great moments for them to speak on behalf of the industry. And I don't think anybody can argue that diversity is key. And also, I don't think anybody can argue that the fashion calendar has been antiquated for a very long time. I mean, 
these women are not buying their clothes before they go on summer holiday. So that when they return back to their home, their wardrobe is there waiting for them for their fall events. This isn't the way it's done anymore. Right. So this goes back to, you know, just like, you know, so everyone's pushing it. Everyone should be thinking about their company as what is their new chapter. I call it Commando 2.0 with internally at the company. Yeah. So, and this might, this is another way for us to break free of the fashion calendar. And I know everybody wants it. I personally want it. Um, and it's easier for me because I manufacture in the United States. Yes. So you do, your clothes are maybe, I mean, there is trend to them, but I don't think that, you know, you do these amazing patent leggings one season and then you take them away. Um, anyway, I did you always, you did stick to the a seasonal calendar up until now? Um, and we still, this is still considered, this would be considered second market for spring delivery. So, okay. but we're showing all for, usually we'd show some, some months ago and then this yeah. would be cleanup. This is the whole thing. Um, Commando has always been about these go-to basics that you can trust to build your entire wardrobe around. So um, we always, we are so basic driven because I think it's so important to be seasonless and have these reliable things that you can wear over time that do not go out of style necessarily. I think it's a good sustainable message. Um, so yes, do we have some fashion? Of course we do. We'll do color ups and we'll, we'll create new styles. But most things that we create, our hope is it would become a basic and we continue to repeat them. Uh, because a reliable piece is something that you want to wear year round yeah. and over years. That's a very important sustainability aspect. Um, and then, you know, it's funny, you talked about the bike short, you know, that bike short, I'm convinced, okay, Commando played a major role in starting that trend years ago. Do you know Bella? It was one of the Hadid sisters that wore shorts with like a couture blazer at the Paris Fashion Week, like years ago. That was a Commando control short. That was supposed to be a control garment. Okay. <laughs> And, but this is why I get so surprised and delighted when I look at people, whether it's a supermodel or someone just on Instagram that is just a regular person or an influencer, the way they style our things is up to them. We give them the tools to express their fashion the way yeah. they would like to. So the fact that that control garment ended up starting a bike short trend is amazing. And so, of course, yes, now we have faux leather bike shorts and all these other things. So it's just it, it, it's interesting how things develop or trends develop. Yes. Talk about like a moment like that, a Bella Hadid, or um, we talked, I talked at the beginning about the red carpet moment. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the magazine moments, like somebody uh, like a Serena Williams wearing your, your panties. Um, what do you, how do you lean into that moment? Like make the most of it, say, call out, this is us. This is <laughs> um, us. And, yeah. Well, you want to do it and you want to do it respectfully because this is something that, um, you know, this is something that they decided to wear. It certainly isn't something that we paid them to wear or paid the stylists to do it. And so, you know, yes, I think uh, we celebrate those moments and we celebrate them. Um, obviously, we we talk about them in our social um, conversation, um, but our employees love it. We when we used to be all together in an office, we'd have celebrity of the week. And so sometimes we'd have to choose which photo to put up there because we have multiple celebrities. Um, and we celebrate it in different ways. And of course, we send it to our manufacturer partners, those sewers across the country in different factories. They are so proud for these moments. Um, 
I have to say that one of my proudest moments, and there was, I mean, there's been many times, like um, Kylie Jenner wore our faux leather bodysuit for the January spread last January for her calendar. I opened it up. I was like, wow, this is all very interesting. But my proudest moment, I would say, is the Serena Williams moment. And I called everyone at Commando around and I held up the magazine and I'm like, this is why we work so hard every day. I mean, I was told, um, I was told from some people that that was actually something that she brought to the photo shoot herself. Imagine being on the cover of Vanity Fair. She already owned the commando underwear. Um, you're being photographed with no clothes on by a very famous photographer and you, you decide to wear commando. That just shows kind of what the, what we're trying to do at Commando. We want yeah. women to feel confident and beautiful. And boy, did she ever uncover <laughs> Vanity Fair. Yes. It's hard because I feel like, um, how would you describe it? We talked to a lot of brands about when you have a hero product, something that you're really known for, which you're known for great underwear, cute, comfortable, all of the above. And then maybe expanding to other categories. Is there risk of maybe, yeah, muddying it up up the message or um, where, yeah, is it just, is growth, ca- building out categories, is that key, a key factor to growth? Oh, evolution is key. Yes. Did we break all rules and expectations of underwear 15 years ago when we came out with Commando? The answer is absolutely did we. Have we done it again? Many times. Um, we've had hero products throughout the years of Commando. Uh, if you think about our hosiery, we have a hosiery line that is a very significant part of our business that has a patented waistband that's all about comfort. We kind of, that was a hero product for a while. And then we built on it for our leggings. And now we have our bodysuits and our bralettes. Like we are not, this is why it's so great to be so diverse. And our brand, we have permission to go in any direction we want to, as long as we don't let her down. We can't just say we're going to, oh, we're commando. We're just going to enter this category. We have to have the commando perspective. Um, And that is the common thread. And so it's, like I said, I, you know, we do things differently at commando. It's just part, it's part of our DNA. And I don't like it when I'm put in a category or I'm told what to do, or there's a set of rules because we don't follow rules at commando. We don't do things in any traditional way whatsoever. So, uh, so it's very liberating to not think in departments. Yeah. Very liberating not to think of product lines. You, you think about what, what does she want and what is she feeling at the moment? And what do we think the longer term trends are? Yes. When everybody right now is really uh, focused on uh, diversity in terms of color ranges, I would just think that looking back at when everybody was looking to you for uh, a pair of underwear that that would be seamless or that would be undetectable under an item of clothing, was that was um, kind of a diverse range of nudes? Was that something that was always maybe part of your uh, assortment or is that newer for you also? No, we've always had multiple skin tones. Yep. We've always, from the very beginning, we've had multiple skin tones. So um, it's just something that people didn't really know about because we were only distributed at one time at boutiques and department stores. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the department stores would have them online. But, you know, it's hard, you know, so it's always been something that I've thought about. You know, I'm half Lebanese. I mean, so I have darker skin than most. And our best-selling skin tone um, doesn't match my skin, but I have one that matches my skin, but people don't know we have multiple ranges. So that's something that we're working with, with our retail partners and really insisting now, not just, oh, do you want to buy? Insisting 
that they carry the full range in some of our key items. Definitely. What do you foresee as being the biggest challenge, I guess, in the month ahead? We, Of course, we don't know what's going to hit us again as things go haywire. <laughs> but um, yeah, what what is kind of weighing on your mind, keeping you up at night? What's your biggest challenge right now? Well, I would say that entering the fall season is fall is a very important season for us. And as it is for most retailers and brands, and we have been growing really strong double digits for years. And just to make sure that we can continue the momentum of sales, because I don't know what she's going to do. I don't know how she is going to react in the fall. If she's going to come out in full force, or maybe she's just going to go buy online or she's going to completely pull back. So far, she's been so our consumer, which is only female so far. So that's why I'm saying she yeah. has been incredibly resilient. Um, so for us or for our brand. Um, so we'll see if she continues to do this. I think she will be because I think that what she is going to be looking for is still the comfort. Our leggings are so important. You feel like a badass in her leggings. I hope that's okay. I'm saying that. But you feel <laughs> no. comfortable. So you're sitting in a call or you're hanging around, around the, the house and you feel comfortable and you feel stylish. And I think she's just going to continue to shop. I hope she is. But, you know, I could never have predicted half of these things that have happened this in a few months. I mean, it's like a sci-fi movie. Um and so we'll see. Yeah. I would say the other thing that is on my mind is too, is the supply chain. The supply chain has been disrupted globally. And we do continue to have strong relationships with our manufacturers over years, but there's an intense amount of pressure for them to make protective wear, to make PPE. Yes. So keeping that line supply chain open and available to us is also something that's very much on top of my mind. Yes. You mentioned your re resilient customer. Um, I know on your site, you have a rewards program. Like what is working to, I guess, maintain that loyalty, keep them coming back um, other than great product? Is it just great product? Uh, <laughs> yes. No, <laughs> I, I think it's trust. I think it's trust. I really do. I think it's trust. I think she just trusts us and she wants these pieces that make her look and feel great. And that's just so commando. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily the royalty program that's, uh, or the rewards program. That's a nice to have. It does not a trigger for her to buy. Um, so I think that, uh, I think she's just still shopping the, the brands that she trusts. That's what I think. Yeah. Have you always been really vocal about your brand values? Uh, that's obviously become more crucial, more essential in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, having been, born 2003 oh the brand yes um have we been more vocal you're asking yeah um, has that been more has that always been part of the brand or have you felt more pressure recently it's always been the same I if you were to go back to my interviews way back when um I've always been a female leader I mean you know what I mean yeah. like we've always been women owned this isn't anything new we've always had the majority of, um, of employees be women for some reason it's not on purpose Maybe subconsciously it is, but I don't think so. Um, we've always been talking about it. I just think that people are more interested in hearing the story now. Our consumer has changed, as I mentioned to you, and she wants to know more. She's listening and she wants to feel invested in the brand. I mean, I, you know, people talk about authenticity and it's overused, but it's completely true. Like she wants to 
be friends with her brand and she wants to understand where that brand's coming from. It's more important now than ever. Yeah. Has she grown up with you again since 2003 or, uh, yeah, are you, you have the moms and the daughters. Who is she? We don't categorize her by age. It's more like attitude. And she's someone that knows what she wants, isn't afraid to invest in certain pieces that she knows she can trust and style around. Um, And she's all ages. Um, And so we don't define her that way. We define her as someone that knows what she wants and is busy. And so that's that's kind of where we're approaching everything in terms of product development and, and marketing. Yes. And fashion is not dead if it's comfortable. Last right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Last question. I know going into uh, prior to March, you did have a launch. I think it, w- it was denim. Um, was that successful? Did you continue to roll, roll, out, roll out launches? Was that the latest and greatest launch? We certainly have had a number of launches in the spring season. We try to do several each season. Um, denim was a big one for us in terms of um, we wanted to create categories. Everyone can understand what a denim denim is. And everyone wants a great denim in their wardrobe. But we had to do it, of course, the commando way, which is a leggings version of it with our internal waistband. And while it didn't get to see the sales at the store level because the stores were all shut down, from a direct-to-consumer and an online um, uh, standpoint, it did very well, all things considered. So that was an exciting time because we actually launched something and it actually showed signs of success, even though the retail industry was essentially shut down. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Very cool. Do you do you say jagging or that's a no-no? <laughs> no. My gosh, no. <laughs> jagging is what... Carrie. <laughs> oh, my God. Jagging is what, like, my twin girls wear, okay? <laughs> no. These denim, are denim leggings. leggings. I get it right. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So fun. Thank you, Carrie, for being here. Thank you so very much. That's all for this episode, which was produced by Pierre Bienname. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Don't forget that we're offering Glossy Podcast listeners 20% off an annual Glossy Plus membership, giving you unlimited access to fashion and beauty stories. Use the code podcast at checkout. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. See you.